Yo, yo, yo. This is philosophy. This is your boy Illicism. You know what's good, man. You feel me? Today's episode. This is gonna be episode number 19, number three of season two. And today I got a special guest. Good friend of mine, comrade of mine, you feel me? For a long time. I've known him for a long time. And we're just gonna sit here, man. We're gonna chop it up about uh horror. So if, if you know who I am, you probably got a guess of who the who the guest is today. You know what I'm saying? Representing Las Vegas, you know what I'm saying? The great trade Voorhees, you feel me? So, yeah, y'all go ahead and get ready, man. It's about to be a dope episode. We're going to talk about a lot of cool shit today, man. So, hope everybody having a good week, man, doing your thing. You know what I mean? And we're going to take it like that, man. So, here we go. Philosophy. One. Yo, yo, yo. Philosophy, man, I'm back. You know what I'm saying? Me and my boy, man. Big trade, you feel me? Man, Trey, what's popping with you, dog? Let's talk to the people, man. Let's know you're here, man. What's good? How's it going, man? How you been? That's right, bro. I'm good, fam. I'm good. What's the word with you? How you feeling? How you feeling, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Life is life is looking up, man. That's what's up. It's good to hear, man. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. You out in Las Vegas right now? Yeah, yeah. For right now, yeah. I'm out here in Vegas doing my thing. Um about to leave in a few days here uh and help toxic out on this tour so oh for real That's yeah what's yeah what you got what you got going you about to do some some engineering or or what's no no i'm just i'm the hype man man i'm about to play oh, with awesome. crazy shit you know what i mean awesome fuck yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah just yeah. there to support them on the on the tour and and help them you know back them up you know what i mean that's, yeah. that's all i'm there for hell yeah that's beautiful dog. hell yeah that's a blessing too man you feel me like I don't know. That's a blessing, my nigga. You gotta, you get to take a legend with you out there. That's real. I mean, yeah, that's my dog, man. So I, 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 when he asked, I was like, "Yo, most definitely." You know, I would. That's, that's my brother. You know. Yeah, off top. Um, so uh, how many cities you guys going to? Uh, thirty-five. Awesome. That I'm aware of. Yeah, thirty-five and 40, 40 dates, I think. So it's like there's a couple days off, you know. Here. Yeah. Here and there, but we're hitting 35 cities as far as I know. All right, that's what's up. Um, you guys, y'all just touring on the east, or y'all going coming or on the west, or y'all coming to the east too? Uh, no, I think I think it stops like Midwest. Okay. Um, I I don't know if they, if it they're gonna make like an East Coast leg or what, but like um right now it looks like it's just West Coast and then uh Midwest. Nice. And this is with Dizzy Wright, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's Dizzy Wright, and then uh, Toxic is gonna be like one of the uh, one of three other artists that are on the uh, the uh, bill. So okay. that's what's up. Hell yeah! Who else is on the? Who else is on it? It's uh, Dizzy Toxin. Who else? Um, there's an artist named Gamerick uh-huh. that's on it, and then an, an, another artist. His name's like Marley. Okay. Yeah, so those are the other two artists that that uh, Dizzy picked. I think, I, I, as far as I know, I think Dizzy Wright's the one that picked all four of the artists that are gonna be on it. All right, that's what's up. Pretty sick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's cool, man. I just found out a couple of days ago, so oh, okay. kind of crazy. Hell yeah! So what's up? What's so what's up? Like you, uh, are you do you still like like are you still in the work world or are you like just doing music right now? 
Uh, yeah, so I have a day job. Yeah, I work a day job that I start at like 4 o'clock in the morning and I get done like around 1 p.m. And then uh, I also have a second job. I do a studio. Uh, I, I run a recording studio out here as well. So awesome. That's kind of my second job that I do from like 3 to 8. You know, uh, sometimes three, you know, three to whenever the fuck I feel like it, really. Like, because it's my shit, so. Hell yeah, bro. That's what I'm talking about. That's nice. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. That's what's yes, up, sir. bro. Hell yeah. So, what's up? So, you ready to, you are, you, t- you told your job you finna be gone for like 30, for a couple months, or what they say? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to see if I can work the job and do it at the same time, because it's something I can do remotely. So, like, they're going to work with me on, like, you know, me oh. moving around, doing my job. So, oh, yeah. We'll see how it works for the first few days. If it doesn't, then I might take a leave of absence. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, shit, I wonder if you, I thought you was about to be like, yeah, I just quit the job. Like, fuck it. I'm, I'm about to just go on tour. Like, nah, I feel you. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, low key, like, when, when he presented to me, I was like, bro, if my job gives me any kind of, like, pushback, I might just fuck around and say, like, hey, look, it was nice while it lasted, you know? But Man. It's my dog, man. I can't, I can't do that to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, no job really more important than making sure my dog get through. You know, yeah. everything. You know, in a in a quarter. You know, uh, a good fashion, if you will. You know, I, I want to make sure that he gets through and everything is. You know, I'm I'm not like a you know father figure and no shit like that. You know, like uh-huh. I don't want to say it like that because I feel hella weird saying it like that. Like the, the the man is making it on his own. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he don't need my help at all. But like him just asking for it, it's like, bro, I'm gonna be the best sidekick I could be. You know what I mean? Yeah, off top, you know what I'm saying. And like, toxic is special because. Cause you know, what I'm saying we watched Toxic grow up. You know what I mean? Like from a, from yep. a youngin and shit. So I've known him since he was like 13 years old. Yeah, so. like hell nah. You can't. Yeah, you can't let him down. So yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, he, he's a he's a good good. It was good to see him blossom into what he's becoming, man. That shit is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Most definitely. Yeah, that shit is awesome. So, and I'm glad you're. Boy, you're rapping his ass off. This new album is crazy. Man. Yeah, you know what uh, I'm saying. Clear man. run, man. Yeah, clear run. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, he he been putting in. He been putting out some good efforts, man. Like his last couple tapes and shit for sure. Like, yeah, the boy is is doing his thing, man. Tox is definitely doing his thing. But, um, yeah, man. So, uh, shit, what's going on with you? Like, what's up with the music on your side? What you got? You got anything coming out this year? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm working on new music right now as we speak. Uh, well, I've been working on this uh, project with this producer. Uh, his name is Johnny Mills. I uh-huh. think I'm gonna probably I'll probably do like an EP with him. Uh-huh. And then um, I'm working on my own little solo project. that's kind of like out of this world right now, like way different than what I'm used to doing. So, mm-hmm. what's like? What's Crazy. the difference? A little less rapping, a little more experimenting, if, if you will, you know, like just going going to outer space this time around, you know, like right going a little harder, just, you know, flexing, flexing the, the muscles I've been trying to create for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, you know? Right, right. The production muscles and the, and the songwriting muscles, right? what you mean exactly right. exactly yeah you're showing motherfuckers that i can really do this shit for real yeah. you know what i mean like it's not no joke yeah hell yeah yeah man you've been doing good too with the music man the beats and all of that shit like just watching uh watching how you're doing shit on twitch and all of that 
It's like a good Thank look. You. Yeah, man, fucking with that NPC heavy right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm taking it with me on the tour too, man. I'm gonna make sure that you know we got we got beats, you know, in case you know yep. we gotta write some shit while we on the road, downtime and shit. So yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm gonna make sure I keep that. Like it being portable, man, it's the best thing in the world, dude. I love I love being able to bring that shit with me places and stuff. You know? Yeah, that's what's up. How long you been working with the NPC? How many years now? Um, shit, that's a good question. Probably since like 2013 or 14, so I'd say almost 10 years now. Like, All right. pretty close, like probably about seven or eight years now. I've been fucking right. with the NPC. All right, what's the pros and cons with, with the NPC in comparison to just making beats on uh, FL? There's a bit of a learning curve. Uh-huh. Um, but for the most part, it works just like uh Ableton or uh, 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 FL Studio or Logic is just in the box, you know, it's all like inclusive. You can't hop on the internet and go, you know, search for samples. I mean, you can, but you'd have to use an external source, you know what I mean? Like a, a iPhone or, you know, yeah. you can't just like go YouTube the MP3 on the MPC. Like it, it doesn't work like that. But like, you know, it works pretty much the same way as all those other ones do as far as like, making the actual beat if you have the sounds already ready to go you know I mean? right so how do you put how you put mp3s on a uh, on the mpc you gotta like do everything on vinyl or some shit uh no not necessarily uh what i personally do is i uh plug in um i plug in like a rca into my iphone like it has like the aux cords like the rca to aux mm-hmm. plug that into my iphone and usually i just go digging on like youtube or apple music or wherever the fuck i feel like digging you know like, that's it. how i did it yeah like i don't have to I don't, the thing is like you can plug in like an external source and then you don't have to download shit you know what i mean you just you just push record on the mpc and it'll record whatever external source you got plugged into it oh wow yeah that's it fucking with it hell yeah so what's up man so all that being said man let's uh let's get into the topic at hand today man you know so we're here to talk about horror, y'all, for anybody listening, you know what I'm saying? This is philosophy, and uh, this is my guest, man, the great Trey Voorhees, man, and we're here to talk about horror, man, and uh, just get into it. Just uh, how horror basically plays into everyday life, and and just, you know, just in general, everything that has to do with it, because this guy right here is a master of horror, you feel me? Like, this guy, if you don't know who he is, his discography is just, it's completely horror-based, like... Even his name, everything, but he makes it, uh, he does like a, it's a magical thing that he does with horror though, because the way he chops his shit and just, and, um, just the aesthetics that's added to the music through the horror, you know what I'm saying? So that's why we talking mm-hmm. about this today. So yeah, Trey, so how do you want to open this up, man? What you want to tell these people? Um, yeah, so, uh, horror plays a huge part in my, my upbringing. Um, since I was a kid, I've loved horror movies about as equal as much as I've loved. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just got that fucking yes, button. Sorry. Um, fucking, uh, you know, just the, 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 the art of making music, it in, intrigued me the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been fascinated by it. So uh-huh. it's something that I've like cross pollinated into my music, if you will. Right. Um, I try not to use it the same way most cats do, and that is like just being overly horror 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm not explaining it like this. The pop culture referencing is kind of cliche, if you right. will. Like I try to stay as little cliche as I could possibly be by telling my own stories or, right. you know, telling stories in a fashion where it comes off different. Like, you know, I've done Christmas horror stories. I've done uh, like true crime style shit. Yeah. Um, just all of that shit comes from like that same. Even the beats, you know what I mean? Like the sample, the sample material, a lot of times came from me just like sitting there watching a horror movie and going, holy shit, that background music sounds so dope. Like, yeah. let me rip that from the TV and see if I could manipulate it somewhere and make it my, my own, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think what makes it special, the way you attack it is like, like you said, you don't make it overly like horror horror it out it's more a lot of your beats like people wouldn't know that it came from a horror movie or from you know what i mean you you, you music, yeah, yeah yeah you musically you play it musically in a way where it's just like a dope sample but then you find out like all this shit came from different horror flicks and all of this and it's just a it's a it's a magical way to attack to it like now that your discography has has grown to what it is from since from the first time i met you and all of that, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very easy to see, like, the what's special about what you're doing. So, yeah, man, you know, keep it up, man. And, yeah, you, you're Thank kicking you. ass, bro. You're kicking ass. You always, you've always been, you've always been, you've always been special, man. It's so, it's all good. You know what I mean? So, absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, horror, man. So, what, how do you think, how do you think horror has affected Cause look at the definition of horror. I'm reading it right now. It says it's an intense feeling of fear, or shock, or disgust. So an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. How has how has this how has this affected the way that you approach not just music but life in general? How what what's what is the power of horror over your life? What is what is its what is this foundational or most fundamental uh aspect like what's it what where does it where does it what's the biggest part that it plays in your life as far as the way that you see and do shit that's basically what i'm trying to say exactly, yeah um i use it mostly coping mechanism i would say uh okay. it's kind of one of those things like as a child i've always been kind of like timid um always was you know an introvert um that kind of was like forced outside if you will okay. you know what i mean all right like you know mama mama kicked you out the house because it's like you got to go out there and get some sun you got to go out there and be your normal kids like everybody else and like all right i think horror movies helped me try to live through the thought process that like the world is so cruel and so nasty and there's monsters out there and shit but like the monsters aren't really like real monsters you know what i mean mm -hmm. they're like you and me yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. little did i know that these grown-ups were telling stories to kids you know about their own insecurities and shit like that you know what i mean like little did i know up until when i was grown that that's exactly what all this horror shit really was just a bunch of grown folks insecurities you know what i mean how so, so? Like, when you say that how do how do you mean I think a lot of the people that make horror movies, the, the 
probably biggest scaredy cats in the world, if you will. Wow. You know what I mean? If you look at them, they're all really, I hate to say it this way, but they're all really frail old white people. You Word. know what I mean? It's very rare you find a super young, you know, attractive, right. you know, able-bodied person that's really like creating this shit. I mean, they probably did in their prime, you know what I mean? People like John Carpenter, he was probably you know, younger when he made the first Halloween, but uh-huh. like, they just let that man continue to make these movies or, you know, continue to franchise these movies for uh-huh. so long, because he only made the first two, I think, but um, you, you know what I mean? Like, it just you, you watch these documentaries and you see the people that made these movies, like the Wes Cravens, and the, yeah. and I, I don't mean no disrespect to them, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but uh-huh. like, they just seem like very, like, you know, wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Right, right. You know what I mean? I feel it. Type of individual. So, you know, it's one of those things, like, you see it and and you kind of understand why they're making that werewolf movie. You know, you understand, especially when you start to go in and watch these behind-the-scenes documentary type things where Uh they kind of express that. It's like, at the time, you know, nuclear war was on front, so we made this monster movie that had to do with nuclear war. You know what I mean? Or... Like, I feel like a lot of horror comes from that. Like, right now, we're in this era where a lot of horror stems from, um, like, domesticated violence situations. And I don't mean, like, like a man beating up his wife or someone beating up his kids, but more so, like, school shootings or, like, uh-huh. you know, just, like, like terrorism that's happening within our own communities and things like that like yeah. i think a lot of horror today stems from that that's how you get movies like the strangers and like you know where it's like basically just a home invasion movie you know what i yeah. mean like Word. you got more people scared to like you know like lock their doors make sure their house is secure like make sure they have the best surveillance system and like movies like the purge and shit like that kind of like yeah tap into that fear it's kind of like Word. It presses on that vein inside the brain, if you will, that makes them go, "Oh fuck, what if this did happen?" You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I feel, I feel that it's, it's a, um, it's basically horror is has, it's taken a step away from, from uh, like the fictional, the fictional type horror where it's like, oh well, that will never really happen, really. Like once the movie's over, you know that probably won't happen. But movies today are starting to be on some shit like this could happen. Like, it could happen. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? So, like, uh, to the point where even zombie apocalypse shit seems believable because of the way they present it now. Like, uh, you know, starting it with a premise that has to do with like a pandemic or, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. now the shit don't seem so far fetched. You know what I mean? And that's the scary part about horror today is a lot of the ideas don't seem so far fetched. Right, facts. Yeah, that's for real, man. And um, that's and I think that right there, what we're talking about is kind of like what I'm feeling like we're basically trying to touch on in this episode, y'all that's listening, because we want to like, like horror, horror is it is a, like the fact that it's titled horror. This episode's titled horror. Like someone's gonna read that and think like, oh, maybe they're not saying nothing interesting. But I guess what we're trying to talk about is how close horror is just in your day to day life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's where these ideas it stems from. It, if ba- you ask me, it yeah. comes from it. Yeah, you know? real talk. Yeah, real talk, man. Because I mean, yeah, like when even like the serial killers of the world and and all of that. When you hear the stories of them, like, because you're hearing it from the outside, it don't seem that horrible. But if you were the victim 
of the shit that these dudes had pulled off, the stuff like you know, like like Gacy and and Dahmer and fucking Ramirez and all of them, like that's that shit is horrifying. Like you know, I mean, what I'm, <laughs> imagine being their coworker, dog. Imagine being their coworker, right? Imagine like someone you know. who was just like a innocent bystander who eventually had to find out about the story and like. Now they gotta live with the fact that they worked next to a perfectly normal dude for years, and that motherfucker was chopping up people the whole time. Fucking you know what mad. I mean? Like, damn, this motherfucker was acting normal in front of me the whole time. Fuck. Like, that's the type of shit that that's I think about, <laughs> yeah. and then I want to like write songs about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, real shit. Like, I feel you. that's the type of shit right there that, like, right now, just even talking to you about it, I'm like, damn. Good song idea, like being a co-worker of a motherfucker who just murdered. Like I've been there before. You know what I mean? Like I remember I was working at a, a retail store uh-huh. and there was this dude that barely came in. Um he was kind of like the cool guy and like I understood his his you know MO. Yeah. Like the reason why he was in and out, it was very like had nothing to do with the store type situation. Uh-huh. But uh Long story short, you know, dude stopped coming around, uh, and then the district manager, like, gets approached by some, you know, some people, yeah. and she's asked to kind of, like, testify on his defense because he was involved in a in a murder where, like, these motherfuckers went up to somebody's crib, uh, it was like a botched robbery situation, uh-huh. shot the motherfuckers, like, put them in the bathtub, drove away from the house, came back to the house, stole the stuff, went left came back, stole some more stuff, left, came, like, took pictures of the dead bodies, and then, like, the police raided the shit, because, obviously, they caught these motherfuckers coming in and out of the house or whatever. Yeah. Caught, caught these motherfuckers, and then, in possession of pictures of these dead bodies and shit, like, bro, they were, like, dead to right, you know what I mean? Like, wow. just being stupid and reckless, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, not thinking... This shit can get me in trouble, you know, or this shit's gonna end up, you know, evidence or whatever the fuck. Like, not to like give them any decorum or whatever, but you know, it's just like I watch enough true crime to know, like, bro, you ain't try- you ain't trying to get caught with no dead bodies on a fucking camera. Yeah. If you trying to get away with murder, like, yeah, you obviously didn't think this fucking shit through. But right. at the same time, it's like that happened in my real life, and then like I sit there and I watch shit like. The strangers, or you know what I mean, uh-huh. purge, or it—it it, it just it, it's like reflective as fuck. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so that could happen to fucking anybody. Like even watching Boogie Nights. Have you ever seen the movie Boogie Nights? The fucking Mark Wahlberg shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about it? So at the very end of that movie, there's there's the the, the like the come down and the whole like so like. Half the movie is like the come up in the porn industry for the seventies, like yeah. everybody's flourishing, everything's good, everything's all positive, right? Yeah. And like the first scene, which to me is very horror related, if you ask me. Uh-huh. Um, the first scene of transition of like everything's going downhill is there's this dude named Little Bill, right? Yeah. And like his wife is getting fucked through the whole movie. Right. She's actually a real porn star. She's played by a real porn star. Okay. And so she's getting fucked through the whole movie and he happens to walk in every time she gets fucked by somebody else. <laughs> like, he, 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 like, walks in and it's like, Bill, get out of here. And she's literally got a fucking cock all up in her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
And so he's, he's like tripping. He's like, you can see throughout that whole period where everybody else is flourishing, yeah. Little Bill is deteriorating. Word. Like you see him every couple of things, like you just see his mental health state is just deteriorating, right? Yeah. And so there's this big ass party right in the middle of the movie. And Little Bill walks into a room obviously like you can hear moaning in the background so obviously it, it's not shown but it's like kind of insinuated like oh he caught his wife fucking again right uh-huh. closes the door walk, they, they literally do like a one-shot pan where they just follow him through the whole entire house follow him out to his car he goes grabs a gun goes back into the house walks into the room shoots both of them comes back out into the hallway and then blows his own brains out Oh god. Yeah, that's some horror shit. That, that's horror for some you. Horror shit for sure. Yeah, that's or like horror. full metal jacket when uh private pile blew his head off in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that shit, yeah, that's horrifying. Maybe that's some, yeah. That's <laughs> I was a kid when I saw that for the first time and that shit destroyed that to me was more scary than any scary movie I had watched up to that point. Like just Damn. the just the sheer like terror of him like sitting on that toilet seat and like the anticipation of him putting that gun in his mouth and yeah. the drill sergeant yelling at him the whole time and yep. he kills the drill sergeant yep. like yeah, all yeah. of that shit played on my psyche so bad that like i had nightmares after that movie that's crazy full metal jacket huh that one got you yeah i ain't mad at yeah. you though yeah because that... it's not and it's not horror you know like right. the shit that really got me was the shit that kind of felt too real like um faces of death like uh traces yeah. of death when i was a kid i was able to watch those because our videotape stores didn't like fucking stop us from getting them you know what i mean uh-huh. if we had a teenage brother sister around us you know what in the neighborhood like and they could pick up that video from video junction like we were watching faces of death and traces of death at seven eight nine years old you know what i mean right and that ain't no shit no kids be watching. Yeah, facts. You know, facts. but but at the end of the day, like that was the shit that really like hugged on me hard. And like to this day, I still have a fascination with it, but like I can't watch it the way I used to. You know what I mean? Like I know what you mean. I used to literally go out there and seek that shit. When I became a teen a teenager, I like jumped in the pool, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I, I fucking like all that faces and traces of death shit, all that real death shit. Like, it it was something that affected me so much as a kid that when I became a teenager, I openly seeked it out on purpose. Right. It was almost like pulling the bandaid off and ripping all the scab off and just sticking my fingers in the wound like I'm trying to finger fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I know what you mean. On some on some other shit, like on some like somebody somebody who don't know you would be like, oh, this nigga's sick or something like. You know what I mean? Cause right. you're looking for it. Yeah, it's like I ain't gonna lie. Like me, like I like. Uh, I ain't gonna say I like to, but like I, I watched a lot of snuff shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. snuff shit yeah. is. Um, I don't know why the fuck I watch it sometimes, but it's just like. I like don't the cartel know. shit. Or yeah, like all that cartel type shit. Yeah, like shit. crazy shit like that, bro. And I. I mean, I don't really, I don't know. Sometimes I, I look at, I'm like, yeah, that's probably. I'm just desensitized as fuck. That's that's what I realize right. about myself, and I don't, I don't know whether it's healthy per se or whatever. But to me, it don't really bother me because it's reality. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's like this shit it is can happen to any of us. Yeah, this shit can happen like, to anybody. Like all that John Wayne Gacy shit, all that yeah. Dahmer shit. Like, you never know who your friends really are, bro. And and there's really nice people out there that are out 
for nothing but evil, bro. Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember one time I had a coworker tell me a story. And you, you tell me, this is crazy, bro. Mm. Like, this is something that in 2022, like, no one's doing this. Mm. No, like, there's not a single human being that's doing this. But him and his little sister, when they were, like, in grade school, were riding their bikes. And a man with a van pulled up on the side of them and offered them candy and a ride, right? Yeah. Put their their bikes in the back of this van, put them in the back of the van. Like, they were in the back of the van for, like, he said, like, 20 minutes to get home or whatever. He said it was kind of strange that it took 20 minutes to get home but because, like, we didn't live that far away. But mm. at the same time, like, the dude just dropped them off and let them go home. Like, and he was like, and he's like, I know now that that's weird. Like as a grown up, I understand that's strange. But like at the time, me and my sister were just little kids who didn't probably never got that warning. Never, you know what I mean? Parents never thought that that was a conversation to have. And that's a horror story in its own. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is. It there's is. horror and suspense movies made about that every day. A child abduction and shit. You know, yeah, that, that's yeah. the that's the biggest golden rule that parents usually tell kids is, you know, if a stranger pulls up on you, you never get in their car. You never, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing, bro, that like society creates the horror stories. The horror stories don't come from imagination you know what i mean exactly. it, it seems like it because it's very high hyperbole you know what i mean it's very like exaggerated right. like but like the idea of a freddy krueger came from a, a newspaper article that the director read west craven read this uh article about somebody i think it was like uh like in the navy or something like that uh-huh. like men who were literally like dying in their sleep and they complained of nightmares of someone trying to trying to get them, what? and they were die- They were literally dying. Like, hmm. that's a crazy story. Like that, the thought process of just like people dying in their sleep, and they're telling you something's in there, and you're not believing them because you you can't see it. it's not tangible. You know what I mean? Right. Hmm. How many people die like that? I you know, know right? people who die in their sleep that probably complain to their loved one or their, you know what I mean, their friend or whatever, like, hey, dude, my dreams are killing me. And they're <laughs> like, dude, chill out, man. You're fucking <laughs> wild. Your brain me. is just going crazy on you. Like, mm. chill. And like, in reality, there is something in there that's killing them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, in some weird ass way, like the recurring nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Like, where yeah. it, it, you could imagine how stressful that could become for somebody like knowing you don't even want to go to sleep because you know you're about to have a terrible fucking nightmare and you just don't want to have part. it again like but check that it out part. check it out though so i got uh we, we coming up on a break right now y'all 10 seconds in so me and trade will be right back in a second man y'all go get some lemonade or some shit and uh we'll be back the philosophy episode all right y'all so we back man it's your host, Illicism. I'm here with my boy, Trey Voorhees. You know what I'm saying? One of my comrades, and we're here talking about we are talking about horror. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking about how it affects day-to-day life. So this is episode number three of season two. And uh, now we're just going to sit here and just rap, do some more rapping about it. You know what I'm saying? I hope everybody, you know what I'm saying, got something in your stomach and all of that. So you had your little smoke break, whatever you got to do, man. So, yeah, Trey, we back, bro. Uh... So yeah, how you feel about horror today, man? What's your uh, 
what's your take on it today? Do you still feel the same way about it as you did as a youngin, or has things changed a little bit? And how so? Um, I think nowadays it's more of like a nostalgic thing. Uh, I don't really get into too much new horror. Um, a lot of new horror, it doesn't really appeal to me too much. I think the visual aspect of it really, um, it, it's just not as appealing as it used to be, if that uh, makes any sense. So like, it's hard to pull inspiration from it the way I used to. So like, I still it? watch the, well, I still bad. watch the old joints. No, you're good. You're, you're yeah, good. Yeah, my bad. Um, you, my fault, my you know, fault. I watch the, I watch the old shit, you know, but like nowadays, I'm not really pulling too much influence from anything new. You know what I mean? Nothing new, really. It, not, it don't tug at the heartstrings like it used to. All right. Know? Well, why, why? When you say, when you say visually, that's what I was trying to say. When you say it's not visually as appealing, how so? <laughs> um, I think in today's age. I think it goes the same way as it does in the music uh, 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 industry uh, and how it is advanced. Mm -hmm. uh, the film industry is advanced so much that it's so clean and so polished. Right. It just doesn't have the same aesthetic that it used to have. Like there's something about those pops and those, you know, that dirty filter and like the grainy look to it that you do, even if they try to use it, it looks processed today. It looks right like fabricated you know right. what i mean so like there's so much that went into like the 80s and the 90s and how even the 70s like how how films were even made like yeah. it's the same thing with how music was made it was right. made in a way that it was to me far more influential far more want i want to take a piece of that you know what i mean now i don't really want to take a piece of nothing new you know what i mean like right What's your favorite? Uh, what what's your your favorite uh horror films of of the new age? As far as like, if just off the top of your head, just a couple that that you do think were clean. It's, you know, there's a couple new directors out there. You know, motherfuckers like the dude who did Midsummer and and those types of movies. Um, how do you yeah, feel about yeah. that kind of shit? Great. Yeah, I was just about to say Midsummer is probably the best movie I've seen this, this you know, in recent history. Uh, uh, the House that Jack built was written pretty well, and, and I feel like that was a really good one. Um, there's, there's just a few people out there, there's a few directors out there that are still, like, doing shit that's cutting edge, in my opinion. Like, I I, uh, I just got into this new director, his name is Jonathan Doe, and he does a lot of, like, the extreme horror. It's like, pseudo snuff shit you know yeah. what i mean and his shit is is fantastic man it's different you know it, it hits a it hits a certain button that i don't get anymore from horror movies so like yeah. i think that's what it has to do like midsummer did something where it pushed a button that i was like holy fuck dude like i don't know how i'm, I'm supposed to feel you know what i mean yeah. i just know i feel like i watched a horror movie again you yeah. know what i mean as opposed to like watching something like the purge where it's like yeah, this is just made to make dollars. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how you feel about? You can um, feel it. How you feel about? Uh, have you seen Hereditary? I haven't, bro. Like, I started part of like the beginning of it, but I haven't had a chance to really get through the whole shit. But yeah. Midsummer, I have watched that whole movie. Where? Yeah, some of these movies and these horror films today are kind of harder to get through. I don't know why, but yeah i feel you on that um one of my favorite horror films of of recent age i'm gonna have to say it follows that shit was i thought that shit was brilliant 
Um, that is a brilliant movie too. The 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 STD man. Yeah, that the, shit the was haunting, brilliant. Haunting STD. That's a again. You you see what I'm saying with horror mm-hmm. movies? Like when they when they play on shit that is an actual fear in our lives. Yeah. For some reason, they hit way harder. They yeah. they will make you go, holy fuck, what did I just experience? Versus like watching another scream or watching another Halloween or mm. watching like that shit doesn't really do nothing for nobody because at this time the 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 existential scare isn't that it's domesticated or you know what I mean like yeah. like uh, someone coming in your house and killing you is one thing but to like have them <clears throat> be some like supernatural force in 2022 yeah. is kind of out like yeah. nowadays they're making everybody human and very like fucking normal yeah. you know what i mean like they're gonna make it that dude that's like right um there, there was a movie i watched in in recent history it's not a horror movie it's more like a suspense movie uh-huh. um uh there's two of them actually um one's called compliance and it's the it's like the true story about someone who prank called uh like mcdonald's oh, or some it. shit i seen it and some girl had to like do a bunch of shit yeah. because they played like they were a police officer i've seen or some that shit. shit yeah i've seen it i've seen it yeah that's a wrong one that one that one threw me super hard like i think those types of movies really fucked me up more and there's another one called um prisoners I haven't uh, seen it has that like one. jake gyllenhaal it has uh terrence howard uh-huh. um uh i think gerard butler or whatever i, I yeah. think that's him or it, one of them them burly dudes that look like wolverine uh-huh. um but uh um basically they did they capture this fucking kid who's like special needs and they think that this kid fucking like abducted their children and so they like torture him <laughs> and and there's like a twist, you know what I mean? And you come right. to find out it's not that kid and they've been sitting here torturing this fucking kid yeah, and know, it just becomes this nightmare, bro. It's a huge nightmare, bro. It's just like that I wouldn't wild. wish that on anybody, bro, at all. And it just it's jarring, bro. It's one of those things that's just like, bro, this is more of a horror movie than most horror movies that come out in twenty twenty, you know. Yeah. I think this is probably like the fifteens, you know what I mean? But yeah. how you feel about how you feel about Jordan Peele's step into step into horror how do you feel about his film get out and and us if you've seen them great both of them were very i mean i think us was a little more like question mark over my head yeah like it took me a couple watches to really like go ah okay yeah but get out was perfect that that man you can't write a better film about you know you know like blanketed racism if you will you know what i mean yeah. like 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 it was almost like the matrix for racism dude it was crazy that's an interesting was, way to put that yeah i feel you that's interesting it was kind of like that huh that's crazy yeah. i yeah. mean it's like it's like everybody around is like are you fucking crazy and he's like you know it's like this is my bitch you know what i mean yeah, yeah. you know and it's like Especially the ending, bro. Like the fact that there was like two different versions of the ending or whatever, and how that ending could have gone and all that kind of shit. I like, only seen one. I only seen the one where he made it out. I ain't see the other one. Right. So like, yeah. you know, there's there's the thought process that like black folks always get killed by the police type shit. Mm-hmm. 
so when they roll up on him, the, the other ending, I believe, was supposed to be he was supposed to get killed. Mm. And I would be sorry as fuck for somebody to go through all that. You make it out, and then the cops kill you. <laughs> like, it reminds me a lot of The Mist. You ever seen the movie The Mist? No, I still haven't seen it. Bro, The Mist is crazy. It's a Stephen King adaptation. Okay. And basically, it's like these freaky, like, monsters are coming out the... Do you mind if I spoil it, or do you want to watch it? Nah. Because I'll leave it alone. If well... Now you could, I get you could don't spoil the whole thing, but you can put it out there. Put, so well, the people. thing is, like the ending is kind of like the whole. It's kind of like M Night Shyamalan kind of twist at the end, where yeah. like homie didn't have to go about the ending the way he went about it. And he go, he does it, and then fucking finds out like, oh shit, everything's all good. Right. And it's like fuck, you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those like Twilight Zone endings. Word. I like shit like that. Hell yeah! You ever seen? Uh, you ever seen? Speaking of M Night Shyamalan, you seen Devil? Uh, you said Devil? Yeah. I don't think so. The joint is that one where of his they're the, no, it's, it's it's not too too new. It's it's the joint where they're all in the fucking elevator. In the elevator. I did not watch that one, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, you you would probably like that one. Also, I was gonna ask since we were talking about the the concept of horror being more so just real life shit that could happen at any time probably um you made me think about the movie seven you ever you seen seven right with brad pitt and, yes sir right, that's one yeah, of my favorites yeah like i feel like yeah that that's some shit that you someone could put in a horror section because that's some horrific shit like how that how that went and played out too so i don't know oh dude anything true crime related in my opinion is yeah. definitely should be in the horror field like zodiac right. and yeah. even if it's like true and it's like based on a true story like there's just so much real shit out there that like like okay so here's here's a true crime story that's gonna bug you out uh, all right so like have you ever heard the story of the black serial killer wayne williams no i haven't Okay, so in Atlanta, there was a black serial killer, supposed black serial killer. His name was Wayne Williams. Mm. And his story was that he was going around these neighborhoods in Atlanta saying that he was like a big music producer and that he could sign kids like the Jackson 5 and he was trying to make up a group that, you know, of kids that he could, you know, sell and and make a big act. And so he would come through the neighborhood with like, you know, pizza parties and shit and recruit little kids and shit and fucking what he would do is he would kill those kids, torture them, throw them over the river. You know what I mean? Like, apparently, that's like, that's the story, you know, as they say. But um, crazy, crazy about that story is there's a song on Travis Scott's album, the Brian McKnight album. Yeah. The Birds in the Trap sing Brian McKnight. Yeah. Um, there's a song on there called The End, right? Uh-huh. And The End has a guest guest verse from Andre 3000. Okay. And Andre 3000 does this verse where he raps about how there was a serial killer in his neighborhood and that he could have easily been one of the kids who got killed but he didn't, right? Uh-huh. And that to me was like the first time I heard that verse, it, it like it hit instantly because I knew the story. You know what I mean? Right. Like to somebody who's never heard that Wayne Williams story, that verse probably goes in one ear and out the other, and they probably think, you know, Andre 3000 is not sitting about nothing. You know what I mean? But right. the reality is, this man is sitting a straight up horror story on a Travis Scott record. You know what I mean? Right. Like. 
it's insane to me. Like, that's the type of shit I like. When I heard Andre 3000 do that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not far off from what I, you know what I mean? It's right. like, I write like one of the greats. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, because sure. I've been writing stories like that all, you know, the whole time. Yeah. Shit like that intrigues me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. not just the macabre, like in a scary sense, but more so like just very peculiar stories that would make people go like, "What the fuck? Like, mm. did that really happen to you? Like, yeah. or did you know what I mean? Or did that really happen? Or you know, like that type yeah. of shit blows my mind. So I like to write about shit like that. You know, like writing about the zodiac killer writing about you know any kind of true crime shit really like it, it's it's fun sorry to say that, that <laughs> fun's it, it probably is. not the best word for it, it is you know? it's fun it's, it's exhilarating right the, the suspense yeah, yeah. the yeah the suspense of it all because you're releasing that fear man you're getting rid of the, the thought process of how that would scare you you right. know what i mean you know that shit would be scary if it happened to you you know what i mean right like, wouldn't want that to happen to you so it's like it's almost like a release of that fear you know i think a lot of the writers and directors and people who deal in horror they a lot of them it's just a fear-based you know entity it's one of those things that like because of fear it was created and it's an outlet for that fear to kind of just like turn into something that's more joy-based you know right i understand well uh, that being said um yeah so who do you how do you who are you who are some of your favorite or what what is some of your favorite your favorite horror films like give me like just try to give me like five just off the head and you know we'll jump into some of those okay yeah so um number one on my list uh i say this to anybody who ever asked me what my favorite movie is uh is this movie called cannibal holocaust um, it was directed by a dude named Ruggiero Diodato. He's an Italian director. Uh, uh-huh. In the 80s, he was super popular. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I actually just seen it in L.A. in a movie theater for the first time. It was like fucking such a good experience. I yeah. saw it on Fairfax. It was okay. so sick. Okay. Um, were you, just, were you like, just out there? Literally like four, four, like four doors down from like the Supreme store. It was kind of crazy. Were you just out in LA just shopping or some shit or what? Like you went all the way out there for the- I actually, I, I actually went out there to see the movie. So wow. like I was like, fuck it. I just rented a car, wow. went out there for the day, kind of kicked it with the homie. He had a show he was doing. So I kind of just chilled backstage with him until it was time for me to leave. That's cool. Went to, went to the movie theater, sat down, watched the movie. Soon as the movie was over, went right back to Vegas. Wow, damn. Yeah, yeah, that's a real horror fan right there for y'all. You know what I'm saying? But I had to, bro. I, that's like bucket list, bro. Like to see my favorite horror movie from the eighties, like in an actual movie theater. Right. I'll never I'll probably never get a chance to experience that unless I like buy a movie theater. Damn. Yeah, that's real shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. How yeah. so um so uh let me ask you this. Uh Hitchcock Hitchcock or King? Um I was never really a big Hitchcock fan, to be honest with you. I'd go with King for sure because I actually read some Stephen King books and I've done, you know, more research there in in, in a sense. I love all the Stephen King adaptations of films, even the corny ones. I love those too, you know? So, uh, so King all day. For That's what's up. So, uh, Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby? Ooh, that's a... See, 
I saw Exorcist for the first time and it scared me more than the first time I saw Rosemary's Baby, but I think that's because I saw Rosemary's Baby so much older. Because uh-huh. Rosemary's Baby is such a good, it's, it's, it's like M. Night Shyamalan shit, you know, it's a twist. You yeah. know? It's like one of those, um, I'm still going to go with The Exorcist on that one, even though I think the first like 45 minutes of Exorcist is completely boring. Yeah, it takes Once a Once the girl starts turning into the monster that's that's when shit gets really good i i like that but the first like third of that movie sucks so much dick <laughs> oh god so what uh how do you feel about the how do you feel about the omen and the adaptation of the omen which one do you think was scary the first omen or the one Ooh. that came out in 666 yeah I th- yeah um i would like to say that they did a really good job on that adaptation but the way the original Omen made me feel, again, it goes back to nostalgia, bro. Like when I watched that shit, uh-huh. it scared me to death because I was like young, you know what I mean? Like that scene where Homie gets impaled by the fucking yeah, that that shit was insane to me. And then to go and watch like the behind the scenes, all, have you seen uh, have you seen the documentary series called uh, Cursed Film? No, I haven't. Bro, they do these like behind the scenes of like The Exorcist. Uh, the Omen. Um, they're, they're basically, it's just like basically like uh, the Poltergeist. How they were talking about how like people were literally dying on set and like yeah. like they go home and people would die, like just crazy shit because they were working on these fucking crazy movies. Yeah. But yeah, um, damn, I, I got way off topic. We were talking about uh, the Omen. The Omen. I want to say the original would definitely go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the original for sure. Even though that, that's probably one of the better adaptations that was made, if you ask me. All right. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of which uh, which Child's Play was the best? Which Chucky movie is the best? Um, Child's Play Two, bro. Child's Play Two. There's huh? no Child's Play that's beating Child's Play Two. I don't care what nobody says, bro. Child's Play Two. Uh-huh. Chucky was exactly who he needed to be. He's in in Child's Play Two. Chucky is the Chucky that everybody knows. Word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's a foul mouth, like like he's a little <laughs> foul mouth in the first one, but it's really light. You know what I mean? Like in child play two, he turns into that straight up demon. You that know what I mean? Like crazy. Was, <laughs> yeah. So Word. like the character, like I'd say, like child play two, that was the movie I busted that tape when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like I watched that movie over and over and over and over. Just like Creep Show too, Word. even though it's not the better Creep Show, mm. like I watch Creep Show too so much that like I could probably recite that movie word for word, you know. Yeah, I hear you. You know what scared the shit out of me as a kid? Uh, Tales from the Hood. That might sound funny. I love that. Might that sound movie. cliche, but bro, that shit. I, I remember I was six years old when that shit came out. I watched it at my friend Philip House. His mom rented okay. it. We watching it, and I'm watching. I'm like, yo, when that when that little ass doll started like the little slave doll yes. started terrorizing motherfuckers yo that shit scared the hell yeah. out of me because i ain't never seen no graphics like that back in the day you know what i mean so yeah, yeah that shit had me creep the fuck out that's probably one of the scariest movies i've seen as a shorty um dude i love that that's like another movie that i busted and take you know what i mean yeah, like when i scary. When, when i first saw that movie it was my dad was living with a dude who had a black box like you know you could you know jack the, the pay-per-view channels or whatever mm-hmm. And uh, I remember watching Tales from the Hood for the first time, and it just was like the most, 
it, it was so different than any other horror movie I'd ever seen before. Yeah. It did it so much better than any other horror movie I'd ever seen. And I just watched that movie over and over and over and over. Like, I couldn't stop watching that movie. Like, it's another one of those movies I could recite probably word for word. Word up. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's creepy to this day. I seen it, like, probably, like, two, like, a year or two ago. And I was like, damn. This shit is kind of brilliant. Like it's kind of it's creepy as fuck. Like the fact that these niggas is like they're already in hell and they don't even know because oh, yeah. <laughs> they went to they went to go do a uh, drive by and it went bad and now these niggas all dead and they they you feel me have no idea they with the devil the whole time and he's telling them all these creepy yeah. ass tales and flips it on like yeah. that shit was just the, the genius. whole the whole thing yeah. is so well put together. Like even yeah. uh, the, I think it's the second story about. The kid who is coming to school and he's got welts and bruises yeah, and yeah. shit. With the drawings and David and shit. Allen Greer is like actually a monster, but it's actually just about like domestic violence. Yeah, like yeah. fucking kids getting his ass beat by yeah. his dad. Yeah. You know, this dad yeah. who don't give a fuck about him or whatever. It's yeah, like that's real. Bro, that was such a good story. Like he was able to just like crumple up the paper and literally get rid of him and shit. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was such a cool concept. Yeah. So that, good. That was a good. So one. well written. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that shit. dude that's in that episode, that the the teacher, the light can do. Yeah, that's actually Rusty Condif. He's the he's the director. Okay, he's the one to direct. Speaking of directors, I was gonna just say like I'm I'm irritated that uh that what's his name fucking Spike Lee tried to redo it and my goodness, bro, he he made a tells from the hood. That shit is so cheesy. But it's like all the all the newer ones, I'm not fucking with it, bro. Yeah, not really. Again, it goes back to that whole process shit, bro. Whenever somebody goes and takes something that was like really good in the eighties or nineties yeah, and makes yeah. it in twenty twenty one or no twenty nineteen or whatever, it just it, it looks so much like a like a fabricated version of whatever the fuck they were trying to pull off. Exactly. It's just yeah. Like, even if they pull it off well, like it still looks yeah, it's just to not the point where it doesn't look good. Yeah, it's just not a good look, man. It's like people gotta learn how to leave the classics alone. Like you know, uh -huh. like a classic is a classic for more than just it's the, it's a whole vibe. It's like it's just a whole vibe, man. It's a, it's like a time machine. It's like a time capsule. So you right. know, yeah, there, there were these, there were there were different social social things going on at the time. That's what made these things scary. And like right, yeah, you gotta just leave shit alone sometimes. Yeah. Amen on that, bro. You know, Amen on that. You know what I mean? So it's like motherfuckers bothering us about child's play and shit. Like we could have made another <laughs> child's play a long time ago. But it was just I think you and I both know there was just it was a certain energy uh that that birthed that tape. It was a certain energy that we can't really get back with because time won't allow it. You know, like Yeah, I'm I'm I've always looked at it the way I look at um so so like you know, I feel like it was lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? It was yeah. one of those things. It was an era. Uh, Nicotine was doing addiction. Exactly. That album was fucking incredible. Exactly. You were doing the Have a Refreshment series. Yeah. That shit was incredible. Yeah. The world just saw us in a light that was just like lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? Like right. If we could have kept going with that lightning in a bottle, you know, like that lightning in a bottle just would have kept producing, if you will. Yeah. Um. I think we could have gone along and done like a child's play too right. after the fact. But I think now um, my my thought process is we're so far developed uh, as artists and creatives 
that it would sound so different that we'd be right. criticized for it. Facts. Like I, Facts. I can't see anything but criticism from it Coming once out it of does it. happen. Yeah, because everyone's just gonna be like, like first of all, we're not kids no more. Like we were still kind of kids back then. Like yep. that's what made it. Yep. That's why we took advantage of the child's play thing. It was there. Like well, we're fucking kids. Why don't we just do child's play or call it child's play? And it was just brilliant. Yeah. Everything we were doing. So, but now we're grown ass men. Like I don't have no mm-hmm. child, no kitty shit to really talk about no more. Like, you know, at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I gonna? Yeah. How far back do you want me to dig into my life? Like, what is there to talk about? But uh, right. Yeah. So, but never. I mean, the reality is like even the beats, even the like the way we were spitting lyrics and things like that. Like exactly. I look at Eminem as as the uh, as kind of the uh, example there. Yeah. Um, I love 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 marshall mathers lp yep, like it's one of do. the best albums ever written yeah, of all time absolutely you know what i mean i agree 100 i cannot stand this marshall mathers lp too i will yeah, never like, listen to that album <laughs> me neither fam i can't feel nothing i ain't felt nothing from eminem since wow since high since middle school dog i ain't, I ain't that's what i'm saying like it's bad to listen to that i have to go I have to completely like if that was a leg that grew from like my body, I'm sorry, but I'm cutting that leg off. Oh it my looks stupid. God. You know what oh I'm saying? Like it's like that though. It's really like that. And I got love for yeah. him too, man. But like I don't know. That's that artistry shit. Like people fall out of touch with their artistry a little bit, man. When when you let too many people have their hands in your shit, it's just it's just bound to die. You know, when when it's just you in your dirty room. And you're creating your shit, you know, that essence. Like you don't want nobody to come in. You're just locked in your room for hours at a time, writing your shit. Like that's that's gonna be some of your best shit because it's just like all your mental energy and time is all in there. But once it turns, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Once it turns into that other shit, it ain't it ain't all that. So, but I know. I mean, the reality is, it, it, it's just a, a a lack of attention makes us do things differently. I right. think that's why motherfuckers that come out of prison are such great writers mm-hmm. are such great lyricists are such Facts. great musicians they mm-hmm. come out of there because there was nobody there bothering them changing their perspective on what they were doing exactly you know they were just in their own head and it was just them like and, and that's something i snapped back to reality on it's like when i first started doing this shit and doing it well i was in my bedroom on a computer with just a microphone me and some beats and just going, you know, just for yeah. the sake of doing it. And so I've, I've kind of gone back to that on my new writing process. Like, yeah. I don't have to, you know, do anything special. I don't got to be in no cool studio. I don't got to, right. you know, right. like if, if I got the microphone at the crib, so it's like, if you know, it's, it's a shoddy setup. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing near what my studio setup is. But yeah. I feel like I, I kind of stoke my creativity when I'm in the studio sometimes. Yeah, it's real talk. Real talk. There's something different about recording in your room and recording at the studio with other people and all of that shit. Like, definitely, yeah. like, definitely capture more magic in my. I've captured more magic in my room than I have in big studios. But if I capture magic in a big studio, it's like it's like fucking lightning and shit. And I, it's I, that's the thing about it. Yeah. So that's the only thing. But. Yeah, man. motion picture shit. Yeah, know? yeah, you feel me? It just feels like a fucking movie. Like if I capture something big in those type of studios, but you know, 
Well, it's neither here nor there, you know. Uh, no, no, no drop of ink is in vain when it comes to writing lyrics and shit. For me, at least, like, you know, I always, you know what I'm saying. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. man. So yeah, we about we about two minutes out. You feel me? Before we ever take another break or call it out. So it's up to you, man. What you feel like doing? Uh, I'm I'm cool, man. I'm chilling. All so right. I mean, if you want to keep going, want to mm-hmm. keep talking about horror stuff, I'm with it. For sure. Well. Shit, yeah, we'll give a little bit more of a run. Like, I mean, what else could we say, man? Like, I mean, shit. I, I don't think I finished my horror movies. The, the oh, top your list. Five. Yeah, my bad, Cuddy. Yeah, finish your list. Finish your list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. So the first one, definitely Cannibal Holocaust. It's just one of those movies. It's, it, it had the notoriety when I lit, when I first seen it. And I was like, bro, I got to, you know, this is just one of those movies I got to. I gotta tell people about. I always gotta. It's it's it, it just. I'm so impressed by it, you know. Yeah. Um, I'd say second would probably be uh, Dream Warriors, which is the third Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Um, a lot of it has to do with nostalgia. Um, it's just one of those movies that when I was a kid, I watched it all the fucking time. So it's like a movie I know like the back of my hand. Uh-huh. Um. Child's Play 2 is up there. Right. Um, Tales from the Hood is up there. Uh-huh. Um, and that's four right there. I would say a fifth. Hmm. See, this is where it gets tricky. I want to say... Hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. Break time, break, break, break. All right, y'all. Sorry, man. Niggas had to take a break real fast. The shit crept up on us. So Trey was just giving us his his uh, top, like his cool, like little list of five favorite horrors and whatnot. So I'm gonna let him finish that list real quick, man. Trey, let him have it, man. So go ahead. Yeah, bro. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think we were on the fifth one, and it, the reality is, it's just a toss up between like my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie. Um, I just I, I love Jason uh, Part Five. Uh, it, it it's one of those ones where like Jason isn't like it's more of like a Scooby Doo movie. Okay. Uh, like a murder mystery where like the dude that is actually killing isn't actually Jason. It's somebody who's in a Jason mask type shit. Okay. And so it's a little different. Some people hate it for that factor. It's that's really like one of my favorites. But it's really like a toss up between that one and like the one where Jason goes to New York. Like that shit, I love that movie. Why do you like Jason Goes to New York? Why do you like? I, I think I, I think I like it because it's it's just it's, it's like nostalgia. It's like it has like a more our nineties kind of era feel to it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like mean. I watched that one more on, like, TV than I watched any other Jason movie. All right. How you feel about, um, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear, y'all, I swear, I swear that when I was a kid, I was, like, 10 or 11 one time watching a Jason film at, like, one of my friend's house or some shit. And I swear, I I know what I saw, but I can't never find the clip. Is there, have you, have you seen, like, all the Jason films or you just seen a couple of them? I've seen them all. I've seen oh, them all. Word, she, all right, bet. Is there a Jason film where this nigga, where this nigga, like, like regurgitates like a fucking turd into like a kid's mouth or something like that? 
I could have sworn I seen a, a scene one where there's like a kid in a stroller or something. And Jason comes in the house and the, and like like shit was coming out his mouth, dog. Like, like how could I make this up? You know, you know what I'm saying? No, like, I, I, like, I feel like maybe you might be talking about Jason goes to hell. That's what I was thinking too. Like in that one, it's more like a slug than it is Jason. It's so more, it's that more makes what? sense. You, you said it's more what? It's more like a slug, like that passes between like different people and shit than it is like. Oh, 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 there you go. It's weird. It's weird. It's like a way different movie. But there is a kid in the movie. Like there's this whole thought process of them trying to get to this baby, this like little infant, if you will. Yeah. I, I think it's like a descendant of Jason's or something like Word. that. In the 90s, they started making really weird versions of these Jason movies. Yeah. Like, that shit was trying to get as far fetched as they can possibly get. Yeah, I swear, yeah, because I, I just can't, like I said, I can't make that shit up. But I'm pretty sure, because I remember seeing that shit as a kid, like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, this nigga, like, Jason went and, like, I just remember, like, something <laughs> slow and brown coming out his mouth and, like, into something else's mouth. And I was like, whoa. Like, you feel me? That's just funny. Yeah, bro. Yeah, nah, for some reason, it rings a bell. Like, for, like, I, like, I'm thinking of it, and I'm like, damn, why do I feel like I recognize that? But, like, now you're making me want to go back and watch all these motherfuckers so I can find that thing. Yeah, if you ever find that shit, send it to me, because I need to figure that out. <laughs> I haven't seen it since, but, but yeah. So, for real? Yeah. That's crazy. Hell, yeah. You, you know crazy. what other movie was fucking uh, scary, too? He used to scare the shit out of me? Uh, the Puppet Master. That shit used oh, to yeah, scare me sure. too as a kid, man. Like that the fucking the little guy with the knife or with the white mask and the knife. That fool used to creep yeah. me out. Blade. Man. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that nigga was yeah, scary. I think the shit that had to do with toys. Yeah, always toys used to get me. reflected with me. There was another show. There was, I mean, there was another movie that was like Puppet Master called Demonic Toys. That like I'm. But like I'm fascinated by that movie. It's a terrible movie mm. about like a cop who gets locked in a toy factory. Yeah. And like the toys come to life and start eating people and killing them and shit. Uh-huh. Um, but like it's such a corny movie now that I watch it. But like back when I was a kid, it was I was so fascinated. I'm I'm, I'm still fascinated by it. I'm just I'm I'm very aware of its corniness now. I hear you. Shit, it'd be like that sometimes, man. But yeah man fuck yeah. shit hey, you know what movie i think is uh my I, I don't know why i didn't want to talk about this but this is the movie the birds i feel i feel like that is one of the scariest films I, I haven't even finished the whole film but the whole idea of that movie has always been creepy as shit to me like that movie makes me it it, it makes me intrigued with hitchcock like how his brain works yeah. like i know it's just birds my nigga but like that shit would be because I mean sometimes I walk past birds, big ass birds and shit, and I'm just like, damn, if these fools just, just decide to just gang up on a nigga, I would be fucked a little bit. Like if I can't grab these niggas, like they could just peck the shit out of you until if they wanted to, right? So, you know, I, I like I like I like uh like off kilter ass horror concepts like that too. Shit like yeah. And I think also the look, it was like the black and white of it all. I think that was another film that kind of fucked with me. No, they didn't fuck with me like that, but you know what I mean. Like it got my attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I um what I noticed in the black and white era is that um horror had a lot more to do with the suspenseful take on it rather than the 
in-your-face dominating horror that we have today. Right, suspense. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they just use suspense so well. So shit like Twilight Zone, which is something I watch a lot of. Yeah. Um, it just it hits so hard for me. Like I understand it and I feel it on a level that like I feel like today's generation would be like, this is stupid. Right, right, exactly. They'll be like, oh, it's just some fucking birds. Like they don't get the suspense. Like I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. Hitchcock is very good with that shit. Like that's what that's what made Psycho so good exactly. is the, the suspense aspect. Exactly. It wasn't really the whole horror aspect of it. Exactly. It was more so like the creeping what the fuck is going on here kind of factor exactly and the birds does a good job of that vertigo yeah. does a good job of that like hitchcock is a very well first uh on suspense uh-huh. like the, he like he was the m night Shyamalan of his time you know i'd rather give him credit more than m night Shyamalan, obviously but um yeah, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan is just taking a page out of Alfred Hitchcock's book, and that is to, you know, flip the script once, you know, the third act comes around. Yeah. Kind of turn it on its head, you know? And exactly. I, I love that. I love that in horror movies. Uh, Scream does it well, you know what I mean? Yeah, that um, kind of At least the first one. The second and third one didn't do it as well, but the first one for sure. So how do um, you... Go ahead. No, no, what was your I was going to say, how do you feel about... um? How do you feel about it, the movie It, and and the the new It and the first It? I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Um, I'll tell you what. So like the first one, when it when I seen it as a kid, that shit terrified me. Right. And then I Scared saw it again shit. as an older teenager before the new one came out, uh-huh. and it lost its flavor. You know, it was like, damn, yeah. no, this is just a really long, boring movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then and then the new one came out, and the first part threw me. I was like, holy shit, they like they made this shit ten times better than what the original miniseries was. Uh-huh. And then the second one came out, and I was like, what did they do? Nah, shit got crazy on the second one, right? Yeah, it just it, it, it did the same thing that the miniseries did, and that was, like, I think it did the same thing that the book does, to be honest with you, and it just, like, the first act of, of the whole thing is what makes the whole thing interesting. The mm-hmm. ending of that book is not that great you know what i mean i never even heard that's crazy that you read it before i never even knew they had a mini a mini series to that yeah yeah it was on tv so that uh, original one with tim curry uh, that came out on tv it wasn't even like it didn't come out i don't think it did came out in in, in theaters or anything like that it was just like a two-part mini series the, the original movie it yeah yeah that first one that came out they split it, it like into the dude from night court and fucking um, it is, a, it is a bunch of people in it, but Tim Curry, he plays the, the clown, Pennywise, okay. the huh. dude from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And so, like, he, like, that one came out, it came out on TV, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it was like the 90s, so I don't know what the, the, if it came out to, like, rave reviews, I don't remember, I was probably way too young to even understand that. Uh-huh. But I know just from personal experience, like the first time I saw that as a kid, that shit warped me, bro. Like that shit was like, I was kind of like fuck clowns, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I, I ain't never had no clowns at a party, or I've always looked at clowns as kind of eerie people. Facts. I've never looked at clowns as like 
a good person. Yeah, if I like, saw somebody in clown makeup or something, I'd probably question. Oh my mama, yeah. You, <laughs> that shit is is tricky. It gets tricky. I'm like, why the fuck? What like what the fuck are you up to? Like, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like what the you, fuck you, are you, up you, to? you see all these TV shows and movies where like kids have a clown party and it's just like a lifestyle I never. I never endured that shit. I always looked at clowns as scary things. Facts. Let me ask you this question. We got we got about ten more minutes in here, so let me ask okay. you this: uh, Have you seen the movie Regression? That's another film I think was pretty fucking scary, but a lot of people haven't seen it or watched. Finished watching. Ethan Hawke. I've never it. even heard of it. What is it? Ethan Hawke is in it. He's a police officer in it, and okay, basically this dude. He's a police officer, and this guy comes in there, and his daughter is accusing him of like raping her and shit. And uh, oh. but he's like, I don't remember none of this shit. And he, you could tell like he's the dude genuinely, genuinely is like, I didn't do that. But if my daughter's saying like I did this, like he he he's he's an honest dude basically. So he he's like, I didn't do that. I don't remember doing it. But if my daughter's saying so, then I guess I might have did it. Like I don't know. And then you know what I mean. So. So that shit, it, it sends Ethan Hawke down this whole, like, trail of, like, they got to go get a psychiatrist and uh, who can, like, psychoanalyze this cat and figure out whether he's lying and telling the truth. And then he goes, he, he tries to use uh, hypnotism to go deep back in the guy's memory and figure out, like, what he's seeing. You know what I mean? He gets the guy to regress, basically, in his mind mm-hmm. and see what happened and see if he can can pull something out of it. And and so the whole story is about them trying to get this guy to, to get to the bottom of it. And the more he regresses, the scarier the shit becomes. And it ends up being like a whole satanic ritual abuse thing that's going on in this in their city where like this dude's a part of this like weird ass cult, but like they like hypnotize Pete you to where you don't even know some of the shit you did. Bro, it's scary as fuck. One of the scariest films I've seen, like for real like just in general one of those one of the creepiest films i ever seen it's not it's not creepy like like bugs crawling on your skin it's creepy like it's creepy like what the fuck yeah like like Like, that could happen happen to me yeah like like, that could happen you feel me like that really could Um, happen yeah did you watch knock 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 no but i heard about it i heard about it what what was that shit about again bro it's basically about like Fucking Keanu Reeves, he's like living in this big ass. Oh no, house. I've seen it. I have house. seen Knock Knock, and the two bitches come and they're like, yeah, playing them, playing with them and shit, like trying to, yeah. they fuck them and all of that. And, and the whole time he's being a good dude, he's being really like, yep. nah, I don't, I'm not rude. Get you know, go do you, and like he fucking falls in, he falls victim to that like that that coyness that girls have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, like. You know, fellas can really fall victim to that coy shit. You right. know what I mean? And so, like, just it, it bro, it, 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 it was one of those movies that at the time I was, I was sitting with my ex, and I'm sitting there looking at her, and I'm going, "Holy shit!" Like, like this could happen to me, type shit. And like, Word. you looking, you looking at a, a girl saying like, "Yo, this could happen to me." Her first thought process: Oh, this could happen to you, huh? You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Because bitches expect us the moment we, sorry to call them bitches, we females, they expect us to cut our dicks off the moment we become loyal to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and the reality is like, like. That ain't how life is, man. man. Well, it's like the thought process, this dick ain't free. Like, well, it's kind of like, 
it's, it's locked it's locked down but like at the end of the day if you're not around like somebody else could probably lock this shit down too like it might yeah, not be scary. in your favor to not be around me you know what i'm that's saying like scary. and yeah. that, it might not be my fucking fault like look at that situation like, yeah, yeah, that really... man did everything he could to avoid fucking exactly. the girls and he's still in the fucking girl exactly is that's exactly how i be with with women they don't women don't understand that like guys can't turn down pussy like for that long like it's uh yeah like even if you want to it's like you gotta really just be disgusted and tired with the bra to just be like like get the fuck away from me like tonight yeah you eventually because i just, mean even then yeah. like if you really watch the movie homie low-key becomes disgusted and gross like yeah, he, he becomes work. more and more like frustrated that these girls won't just be normal with him absolutely absolutely that movie yeah that was, that was a good one ass off it and he and he says it in the end when they got him all tied up he's like you fucked me and that's exactly what happened <laughs> they fucked him the entire time from the moment they rang his doorbell they fucked him yeah that shit was horrible man they didn't they didn't really grind me in that one i was like it's pretty yeah, sad dude. i feel bad for vulnerable men bro like that movie made me really feel bad for vulnerable men dude men who are just out to be a decent human being you know right. what i mean like exactly be careful being a decent human being bro sometimes you got to be a cut though facts and because in this world decent human beings like that shark smell blood and shit you know what i mean so that's how it would turn back to the horror shit, bro. It kind of it, it it kind of fucking circles around to the beginning of this whole topic is that, bro, people build a lot of these films and these songs and these ideas are based out of their fear of shit, normal shit that could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It could the, happen to anybody. The director, yeah, the director probably has had had moments of that type of shit happening where girls are like just trying to fuck with him to get whatever they can get out of him. They'll be sweet as possible to get. You know what I mean? And before he knows it, yeah. he's wrapped up in something. Yep. Hell yeah. yeah. See? So yeah, horror correlates to real life in in many situations, y'all. And that's what we're here talking about today on philosophy. So I hope you guys been enjoying this show, man. I hope you guys is feel me fucking with Trey, you know what I'm saying? It's my boy, man. So Trey, we hitting we're hitting towards the end of the show, man. And I, I want to give you the chance to, you know, let people know where to find you. And uh, you know, just put your words out there into the universe, man. You know what I'm saying? Talk to the world, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, you can find me uh, on all social media platforms. Trade Voorhees, it's all one word: T R A D E V O O R H E E S. Yes, I have to spell it because everybody gets it wrong. Uh, TradeVoorhees.com. That's where you can get all my music if you want to pay me directly. Or you can go on the, you know, the streaming platforms and just type in my name to find my music there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be, uh, you know, making some new music pretty soon and putting it out on the streaming platforms and, and the website pretty soon. So be on the lookout. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I know you guys heard that, man. Tell them your band cam, bro. You told them? Yeah, yeah, TreyVoorhees.com. All right, Trey, always TreyVoorhees.com. Yeah, that's right. I'm over here on the band camp, but I forgot you can uh, yeah. do that thing. Yeah, I mean, they can type it in like that too, TreyVoorhees.bandcamp.com. This is going to take them. It's going to redirect them. All right, bet. But thank you, yeah. What's your, uh, before we go, yeah, what do you think is your favorite, uh, what's your favorite uh, rap album of yours and what's your favorite beat album of yours? Beat album or rap album? Both, one of, one of each. Okay, got you. Uh, I'd say my favorite beat album was probably uh, the Horror Show 3 
just because I was showing plants on how to score and how to, you know, finesse uh, acapellas into these like horror skates that I was creating. Mm. So horror show three, like like the Erica Badu shit and the right. um, Drake shit. I did the Robin Thicke shit and all that. Like that shit was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the rapping shit, um, I'm I'm gonna keep it honest. Like my best work right now is 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 Saturday Nine, man. My last project. I really feel like I. Uh, I tapped into some crazy shit on this last album, so All right. I really, really love that project. I know what everybody else is gonna say. It's gonna be child's play all day, but you know, it's either well, child's play or your solo. Yeah. Matches, yeah, your solo shit. That's what I mean. So, so you're yeah. saying Saturday night? Yeah, my latest shit, Saturday yeah. night. It's a very introspective, like you know, just uh, like the first song on the album is called Bessier Le Monde, which is French for "fuck the world." Nice. And it's basically just like, it's very mantra based. You know, I write a lot of songs that are very, you know, um, like do it yourself, man. Become that man that you always wanted to be or that woman that you always wanted to be. You know, yeah. jump off that cliff because like what's right up under you could be your dream. You know what I mean? That's like, right. You're not learning how to fly by standing there on the edge of the cliff and looking at it. Facts. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so that being said, y'all, go and fuck with the boy. Go fuck with the boy Big Trey. You know what I'm saying? We out here. You know what I mean? Representing, yeah. man. So, you guys, man, God bless everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? Take care of yourself this week, man. This is Philosophy. Episode motherfucking uh, three, man, of season three. Horror. One. All right, my boy. So, we did that. Hell yeah. You know what yes, I'm sir. saying?